I think I want to acknowledge that it can be a bit scary getting support in your business because it feels like a little bit of an out-of-body experience. But what I want people to consider is what's the impact on your business if you don't? Like you can only grow so much. You can only do so much yourself and you can only spread your beautiful products to so many people if you're doing it yourself. So, you know, when we support business owners to get virtual assistants, we support them through the, the discomfort, but we don't remove it completely. But by recognising the impact of not doing it, that can help people to consider taking action. You're listening to Product Powerhouse, a podcast to inspire and empower you while you build a powerful product-based business that fuels your passion and feeds your family. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I run an e-commerce web design agency that helps shop owners build, grow, and scale. This podcast is all about actionable strategies specifically for your product-based business. So friend, grab an iced coffee and let's chat because DIYing your business doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Hello, happy podcast day. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse podcast. I just love that you listen, that you're here. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. Today on the show, I have a guest, Carmen Williams from Global Teams. Carmen is just fantastic. I had to ask her for her bio. Somehow it got missed. I don't know. I had to like email her and ask her for it. And it just made me smile so big. So let me read that to you. And then we can dive into this episode. Carmen was once a high achieving scientist who started university at 16. She gave all that up to be a semi-broke entrepreneur with big ideas, but no clue how to implement them. (laughs) These days, she owns a very successful VA business with a team of over 82 talented people supporting business owners to get stuff done. Doesn't that just sound like someone you want to talk to? Carmen is fantastic. She has a wonderful Australian accent. I love chatting with her about not only her VA company, like her company is like a matchmaking service for business owners and VAs, but also like how can we get started hiring a VA when we have created a beautiful handmade product or poured our heart and soul into this business? How can we give over control? Those are all things we dive in to in this episode. So here we go. Hi, Carmen. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. How are you today? I am awesome. It's an absolute pleasure, Erin. It is so wonderful to get to chat with you again this time for the podcast. We talked a few weeks ago, and I'm really excited to talk with you today. Can we start by telling everyone who you are and what you do? Carmen Williams. I run a virtual assistant company. We've got 82 team members, amazing team members in the Philippines, supporting business owners. So that's my primary business, and it's a fast-growing business. So there's always lots of things for me to learn in it. So it keeps me on my toes. Yeah, that's really awesome. How long have you been running this business? Three years. Wow, cool. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. We are going to talk today about like what business owners, especially these product-based business owners that are listening to this podcast, what they can do to get started in using a VA in their own business. So I I know a lot of people listening have handmade businesses that they've poured their heart and soul to, you know, like they create their products, they have done it all themselves. And so there's some like worries and some fears around hiring a VA and, you know, they don't know what a VA could help them with. They don't know what the first steps are. So we're going to kind of talk about that today, which is going to be really awesome. Yeah. look forward to it. Me too. So if someone is a handmade business owner or, you know, product-based business owner fulfilling orders out of their home, you know, maybe they have a spare room, whatever it is, what is something that a VA could help them with? 
Yeah, so great question. So we've got a number of clients who are product-based businesses and they get their virtual assistants to help them with a range of things, including customer service. So answering commonly asked questions and what we find is that, it's, you know, you build this knowledge base and you, you help them, you know, respond to certain queries. But over time, they can manage like 95% of what comes through. So you don't have to even see it. Like it just it just goes back and forth. So the customer service, updating uh, your website with new products. So you might have, uh, like you said, poured your heart and soul into a new product. And then this person can update it on your website. So it can stay up to date. And then if you're promoting your things on social media, is taking your beautiful things and making sure that it's across all the social media platforms that you want to play on instantly. Or if you are on a podcast with Erin, for example, that it can then go across all your social media too. I find that when business owners get support with these things, like the everyday thing, means that they can focus more strategically, be more creative in their businesses. Yeah, I think it really allows them to be creative in the ways that they love being creative. You know, like they get to have time to maybe create some of those new products that they want to, or, you know, that have been on their to-do list. There are a host of things that people can do that don't have to be there where the products are. Yeah, and I think I want to acknowledge that it can be a bit scary getting support in your business because it feels like a little bit of an out-of-body experience. But what I want people to consider is what's the impact on your business if you don't? Like Mm. you can only grow so much. You can only do so much yourself and you can only spread your beautiful products to so many people if you're doing it yourself. So, you know, when we support business owners, get virtual assistants, we support them through the, the discomfort, but we don't remove it completely. But by recognizing the impact of not doing it, that can help people to consider taking action. Yeah, that's a big part of it. What are you limiting by not getting help around some of these things that, you know, you think you should be doing or you want to be doing and you're just not prioritizing? I know that's my problem. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to put it out there. I'm going to generalize here, but I think as women, which I know a lot of product-based business owners are, I think we're brought up to believe that we should be doing everything ourselves and we should, you know, we're the the doers and and the supporters. And so it can feel a bit weird to go get support and it can feel like you're weak to go get support. I can do it all. I'm a big, strong woman and you can't do it all. But what's the impact of you trying to do it all? So, for example, I've got a cleaner. She comes for three hours a fortnight. Sure, I can spend three hours a fortnight cleaning. Or I could spend three hours a fortnight thinking strategically and creatively in my business. Yeah. Just to put that out there, like I think that's, I don't know, something that us women often hold. Yeah, I think another thing us women and entrepreneurs kind of are wary of is giving away control in our business. Like we feel by hiring support, we might be giving someone else the control or someone else might not do things the way we do. But I know one thing that you do in your company and the way you support business owners is helping them to, you know, feel like they're giving someone else, you know, the guidelines to follow, right? Yeah. The whole releasing control thing, I completely get that. So in another life, I was a risk manager. So I always think about mitigating risk. And so for example, let's use the customer service example. So at the start, you know, on the first couple of days, maybe you review every response before it goes out and you help them and you tweak them and you whatever. 
But then there'll become a time where you review the responses and you're like, okay, when someone asks about X, their response is beautiful, it's perfect, it's like as good as me, maybe even better. They can just respond to all the inquiries about X. And then over time, they might not need to show you those responses anymore because you just got confidence. And then over time, your confidence will grow and it'll get to a stage where they're responding to 95% of things without consulting you. You don't just like hand everything over at once and go, you know, sort of work it out. It's iterative, uh, the, the control that you give. And you can have more controls in place at the start so that you've got more control and you can ensure that the quality is there. Yes, because you definitely want someone you hire to match like the representation of your own business, what you've created as like brand values, as like standards for customer service, you're going to be teaching your new VA. You're not going to just let them do it all on their own. Yeah, exactly. So there's creative ways in which you can get support, but still maintain control and you can slowly sort of release the reins, if you will, and have your virtual assistant work more autonomously But, you know, you can do that in an iterative way. So you still get the best of both worlds. You get some support, but you get your, you know, standards met as well. So your company is kind of like a matchmaker service, right? Like you have a group of VAs you work with and then business owners come and, you know, they contact you to get support or say they're ready for a VA. And then you are the one like helping find the VA. Is that right? Yeah, so I, I do joke that we're a matchmaker. So it's not just like, <laughs> does he have blonde hair and blue eyes? It's like, does the personality match? When business owners meet the, the candidates, it's like, what's the chemistry? Because this person's going to be your, your team member. Uh, you're going to want to, you know, the sort of person you want to have on your team. But saying that, we focus on the matching, which is important, but we also focus on once a relationship starts, you know, the tweaking of the communication, the tweaking of the delegation, supporting the business owner through feeling a little bit scared to delegate, supporting the virtual assistant to go, hey, Erin, I've got no idea what you're talking about or I'm feeling overwhelmed. And so it's working on the relationship, not just like setting them up and going, there you go, off you go, happy days. Yes. So when someone is working with you, who's the point of contact? Like, does your team the point of contact or they work directly with their chosen VA? So the business owner and the virtual assistant interact directly, but being a solo virtual assistant can be a little bit isolating. Let's just say that. So you've got a one-person business and they're, they're off busy doing things and, you know, you're just sitting there and you, it can be a little bit isolating. So what we do is for that virtual assistant, we also support them both practically around, hey, these are ways you can talk to Erin. Hey, these are um, some strategies we use in our customer service. Maybe you can bring ideas to Erin. And, and we also support them socially. Like let's, you know, play games and have a laugh or share some stories on, on Slack or whatever. So they get the best uh, of both worlds, that the direct relationship with the virtual assistant, but the support of the community as well. It's really cool. So I know you work with a team of virtual assistants that are based in the Philippines. And I know there's maybe like a little bit of like hesitation for people to want to work with or feel like they're doing the right thing when they hire someone from the Philippines. So can you kind of talk to us about the culture of VAs from the Philippines? So I think it's quite a common thing for people to focus on culture. And I'm I'm really careful about this because what I've observed is that the variation in culture 
within a culture is bigger than the variation between a culture. So what I mean by that is like the Australian business I speak, business owners I speak to, they, they vary dramatically and the virtual assistants I speak to vary dramatically. So whilst recognising that, you know, if you take the average of both cultures, you might find some differences, I think what I really want people to focus on is that this is a person. Sometimes people, business owners are scared, I don't know how to speak to them, they're from the Philippines, they come from a different culture. And it's like, yeah, sure, but they're, they're a person as well. Some things you might see is sometimes the people in the Philippines are a little bit more just accepting of what you say. They might maybe not might not question it like I might. I might go, come on, Erin, that's not how it works. So what we do is we support the people in the Philippines if they've got an idea or they've got something to share, how to actually share it with the business owners. But I just really stress like you're speaking to an individual on, on your team. So Mm-hmm. And I assume because I've, you know, we've talked that working with you ensures that the people that you are working with are being paid a fair wage and they're not being like, I know another fear is like exploiting people like in the Philippines or anything like that. But I know that that is something that you're taking care of through your part of the business. Yeah. And I love business owners who care about that and ask about that. You know, our team are very important to us and we want to provide them with great opportunities. And for me, the greatest indicator that we're doing well is when an existing team member refers a family or a friend to us. So we've got husband and wife combos working with us, sister combos, and it just shows me that they think that this is a really good option for them and that they're recommending it to someone that they love. Yeah, that makes me pretty proud when when that happens. I work with a developer based out of India and I didn't know he was based out of India when we started working together on the test project. And I was really nervous at first because I didn't want to like, I didn't want to lowball offer him. I didn't want to like, you know, take advantage and I didn't know what the things are, but we've worked together for over a year now. And it's just been really important for us to have open communication. If I don't understand something, we talk about it. If he doesn't understand what I'm talking about, And it's actually been very cool because he sent me videos, like YouTube videos and things of his own wedding that happened this year. And like when he's going on holiday for Diwali and things like that, we we talked about it and it's given me an opportunity to research it, which I was nervous about because I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to take advantage of someone. So I do think it's been very cool to get to experience, you know, learn more, I guess, through his culture, just through our working relationship. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I mean, Tim told me so much. Did you know that polka dots in the Philippines are lucky? Like, oh, I wow. <laughs> I was just like, I was wearing polka dots one day and they're telling me, oh, that, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. Anyway, so I think it's such a good opportunity to add value to both sides. So, you know, mm-hmm. is the virtual assistant getting value? Is the business owner getting value? If the answer is yes to both of them, then I think it's awesome. Yes, I agree. I know we kind of got off topic there, but that was a really great kind of like, sidebar. I love that you've had a great experience and you've been very considerate about it too. Yeah. And I think a lot of people listening, you know, especially handmade businesses were, were very, you know, cognizant of those things like paying for someone's time, their materials, their supplies. We don't want someone to treat us that way. So we don't Mm -hmm. treat them that way. I know there are some businesses that maybe aren't following the best business practices, but those people are not listening to this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> and, and we've got some beautiful clients who reward the virtual assistant above and beyond, you know, what they get paid. 
sometimes through monetary means, bonuses or birthday cakes or days off for their weddings or, you know, all sorts of things. And so it just just makes me so happy when I see that the business owners are really rewarding their virtual assistants and going above and beyond. Yeah, that is really cool. What are some things, someone listening who's ready to, you know, kind of explore hiring a VA, what are some things they can do right now to prepare for this? Like, what are the first steps? So I really recommend, like, they empty their brain and think about all the things that they could get support on. There's a few ways to do this. We've got some resources on our website that sort of guide this, but you can think about the things that you're doing at the moment which don't require your genes. So maybe it's those customer queries that you you get all the time. Maybe it's updating the new thing on your website, uh, the new product. So the things that that happen frequently, but you don't really need to be doing them. Then the next thing to think about are things that you'd like to do if you could just be freed up. Maybe you want to start a podcast like Erin. The podcast is hugely (laughs) resource intensive, but maybe if you've got support, it might be viable. So you think about the things that you're doing at the moment, the things that you'd like to do, and just brainstorm like your desired state, like how would you like it to be? And then you speak to someone like myself or another person from another company and go, is this viable? Like, you know, is this person a unicorn or can we get 50% of what you want? Or maybe we can get 70% or how are we going to do it? But what I find, Erin, and this is a consistent thing, not just amongst creative people, like I imagine a lot of people listening are, but amongst most business owners, is that business owners are quite naturally creative and they come up with new ideas, including me. And what I appreciate, most business owners appreciate in their first virtual assistant is one of those people that are detail-orientated. They love doing kicking things off and making sure something's done every day. Yes, that, that's been posted. Yes, I've sent the invoice out for that. Yes, I've followed up on that invoice. Yes, I've updated the website. Yes, I've responded to all the customer queries. That's the sort of person that most business owners get for their first virtual assistant. Yes, I love that. I have an incredible design assistant who <laughs> she's so good at like, For me, it's like editing product descriptions or going through spreadsheets and finding things that are missing or adding this Mm. to things, things that are tedious. And I I just feel so much relief handing them over to her because I know she's so detail-oriented that she won't make mistakes like that. (laughs) We have a test that we give to some of the virtual assistants around detail stuff. I failed it. I am not good (laughs) at that stuff. Like I, I sit there thinking of strategic ideas I'm not a detail-orientated person. So, like, I, I need someone to compensate for me. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's really true. Let's say, like, they, okay, so they, they make their brain dump, they empty out their brain, they kind of create these categories, and then how does someone go about hiring, finding a VA? Because I know you have yeah. your team, and a lot of your clients are based in Australia, although you do work with some United States customers. But we talked about, this question before. So I know it's okay to ask, how does someone go about finding a VA, even maybe they're not ready to hire your team? Yeah, sure. When you get a virtual assistant, there's two options. One is you can go through a company like ours or another company like ours, which offer various levels of support, or you can just go it alone and you can hire directly. To hire directly, there's different websites. 
PH Jobs, for example, is a subscription website that you could subscribe to and put a, a job ad up. You usually get hundreds of responses, so you need to filter it and all that. But that's viable. That's how I actually hired my first virtual assistant. So that will, if you hire directly, it's going to cost you less money, but you're not going to get the support. So if you're, and it's going to take you probably eight hours at least of your time to filter through and find someone. But if you're, if you feel that that's a good use of your time and you're confident that you're a good judge of character and everything, that's a very viable way to go. If you go through a company like ours, it's going to cost you more, but you then get, you know, that ongoing support. And, you know, most of our new hires don't come through PH jobs or other places like that. They come through referrals from our existing team. So, you know, you might get access to a different pool of people if you go through a company. But it's viable to go and get a virtual assistant yourself. How did you get your virtual assistant, Erin? Yeah, I was thinking about that. So I have done the part where like you say, hey, does anybody know a VA? Because mm. I need support. And then you hire someone else's VA who, in my experience, they were like great friends and they worked well together, but it wasn't quite the same relationship for me. So I've had a couple of VAs in that scenario. And then I did my last two assistants I have hired through putting out a job listing and you know creating that I guess so creating a job posting and application on my website and then promoting that to my audience who then shares it. And that's how I found my current assistant and my last VA also. I've hired three people that way, actually. I thought it was really awesome. Everyone that I hired, maybe I had like a little bit of a connection with, but didn't really know them, you know, kind of knew them in passing. But it is time. Like it does take a lot of your time to create a job listing, to create an application, to interview people. I think I did like 10, 8 to 10 interviews the last time. And then you have to kind of test the process. And another friend of mine did go through like a hiring agency. And I kind of was like, oh man, that would have been nice. Because then you don't have to do all that yourself. And you get the support from someone like you. And I think that that's really vital sometimes. You know, my experience in hiring, you know, through my own process has been fine, but I would have like, it would have been nice to have some support around it also. Yeah. And there's pros and cons of both and both are viable options. To give you an idea, so we get a lot of applicants. My recruitment team interview like a hundred people for every person we hire. Like it's pretty ruthless. And so that's a lot of work that, that, that they put in and they got like a sixth sense of people. So yeah, you can do it yourself. It takes time, obviously commitment, you know, good insight into people. That's very viable. And it will end up costing you less if you get it right. I think what would have been nice, I really like the idea of like having, you know, maybe where I'm like, oh, these are the kind of tasks I'm needing support around. And it's like, okay, so here are some people who I think one will fit with you personality wise and two have the skills you're looking for. Although I don't mind training people, it's also like sometimes I just need things off my plate that don't require me telling you how to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my husband sometimes talks about working for the company, but everything I could think of that he could do, I would have to teach him. And that sounds exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and I think there's value in getting someone that, that isn't your spouse sometimes to 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 work with you so and and there's ways to delegate that take less energy as well so for example 
you know, providing you've, you've scoped the job out role and uh, the job out well and you've got someone with the right skill set, you can brief them by doing a Loom video of you doing the same task, talking out loud, for example. And so that doesn't take much extra time to brief someone who's got that skill set. Delegation takes time and energy and thought, but there are ways to do it that are easy-ish and you can you can start to feel relief. Even if they're not doing the 100 things you want them to do, maybe if they start with one or two, then you can start to feel that relief. And, yeah, that's really an awesome feeling. Yeah, I think that that's an important step that I often overlook, but <laughs> it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can start <laughs> small. You can start with, you know, maybe they're helping you with one social media channel a week or a month. Mm. And then, you know, next month, maybe you, you know, you add a second one or something like that, where you add that customer service reply, something you can start small and it can grow and build. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it just gets better with time. Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you would tell someone who was getting started hiring their first VA? So it's all about the relationship. So remember that they're a person. I know it sounds so elementary, but sometimes we forget that virtual assistants are people. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be motivated by different things. They meet with them face-to-face and have a chat about their dog or their wedding that's coming up, you know, like you did. Get to know them as people. Share a little bit about yourself as well. Share with them that you don't have it all sorted and that you need their help and, like, you love their ideas because, you you, you know, you're making things up half the time yourself. <laughs> And form that relationship and so that they feel safe and secure because that, that means they're going to, you know, and, and connected, they're going to put that, you know, extra discretionary effort in when it's needed. They're going to make suggestions. It's all about the relationship. Absolutely, yes. Before we kind of end this conversation, I love to ask everyone I have on the show the same question I always ask. What's something that you're currently learning and growing through in your own business? Because I love to kind of just remind everyone listening that it doesn't matter how long you've been in business, what kind of business you have, we are all growing and learning every single day. So are you comfortable sharing something about your own business that you're currently working through? Yeah, sure. I've recently decided to start my own podcast around around my business. So I got my first interview with a client for the first episode later today. I tried to do it last week, but the technology didn't play nice. So I've 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 changed my forms. I've got a steep learning curve. So that's something fun that, that I'm doing at the moment and learning lots about. There is a lot to learn at the beginning of creating a podcast, but then you're just like, oh, this is easy. (laughs) I will tell you the first podcast I interview I did, luckily it was with one of my best friends, but I think I forgot to hit record. So we had to do it twice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So note note to Carmen, hit record today. So yeah. That is the... (laughs) That is the reason why my Zoom is always on record. Like I have it start recording no matter if I needed it recorded or not, just in case, because I don't want to forget again. (laughs) That's a very good tip. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited for your podcast, Carmen. You'll have to let me know when it launches and I will let everyone listening know. Also, before we end this, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and hang out with you online? Yeah, so the best place to get more information uh, is globalteams.com.au. We've got a whole heap of free resources on there for people who are thinking about getting virtual assistance, 
people who've got virtual assistants, how to build a better relationship. It's a really good place to get some resources so that you can get support in your business. That's awesome. Oh, we will have that link to your website in the show notes and on the blog post that is associated with this. I am so excited for this episode to go live. Thank you for being on the podcast. Carmen, it's been great talking to you. Absolute pleasure. It was great, Erin. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse podcast. It means so much to me that you take the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It's my favorite thing to create, and I am so grateful that you've taken the time to listen. If you enjoyed this podcast or you have listened to other episodes and enjoyed those, it would mean the world to me if you could take a minute out of your day to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me get the show out to more people just like you who are out there trying to grow their own product-based business.